from WABYZ Chicago. It's This Imperium Life, distributed by Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. I'm Ira Glass, and the theme of today's show is... The deal is non-binding. We didn't resolve the transaction in the right timing window for it to even be binding. Do you understand that? Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. I'm Hakan. I'm at eight points. I have two trade goods, and we just revealed centralized galactic trade. Needless to say, the table decided I was the main threat, even though all they had to do was just not trade with me. Imperial and trade were gone. Muat took Diplo, so I take leadership, with very little hope since I only have unscorable status phase secret objectives. Muat Diplo's his home system. He gets to nine with an action phase secret and already has a text stage one public objective in the bag. All he has to do is make sure I don't win before him. By the end of the round, the last sabotage had been played. The fleet defending my home had been destroyed twice, and all I had left to defend it was five PDS-2s and two or three ground forces per planet. Muat brings a war sun, two destroyers, and a carrier with as many fighters and ground forces as possible. So I use Graviton laser systems as my last hope to protect my home system. Somehow, I score five hits, but Muat plays maneuvering jets. Hey Muat, if you give me four trade goods, I won't play direct hit on your war son. No, that'll just let you get ten trade goods with your racial tech. Yeah, 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 yeah. But this way, you'll have a war son to take my home. I tell you what, instead of that, I'll sell you my direct hit for four trade goods. He thinks for a moment. (sighs) Sure. We traded, and I said, you should have taken my first offer. I play my other direct hit. On my next turn, I use production biomes to get the 10 trade goods, and I give the two extra to Muat as a final farewell kiss. <laughs> I just want to note for everybody it did not in the script it did not say it did not say farewell final, kiss. final farewell kiss that's what we added we added that yeah and I think it's a very good addition also kind of a crazy story we're in the same room what hey <laughs> hey Dude, we, right now wait right now right. I'm talking in my microphone and right now I'm now I'm talking in your microphone. Whoa. Isn't that fun? We can just Whoa. do this. We can just do this. Hunter's in Arkansas this week. That's yep. fun. Yep. Uh, and this is episode 101. Matt has broke. I've broken my uh, my curse. It's over. That that arc the of the number, show. The bad numbers There was is the gone. numbered arc. If where... you look through the list, all previous This Imperium mm-hmm. Lives don't have a number because I decided they shouldn't. And right. I don't and know now, why. And now, and now it's episode 101. It's been rectified. This Imperium Life 5. Hi, welcome to uh, my favorite thing that we welcome do. Welcome to the second <laughs> season of Space Cats Beast Turtles, <laughs> where it really gets serious. Mm-hmm. Um, no, that was, a, that was a submission by Snorcerer. It was. Um, and it was very good. I liked it a lot. Um, because it's mean. Uh, <laughs> it's one of those really good mean ones. Um, rules wise, that checks out, right? Oh like yeah. If someone pays you 
when they're well, paying that's, that's, you. Well, that's the thing that he said is I uh, initially his mm. deal was I won't play a direct hit. You're right. And the person said no. Right, and he goes, right. okay, I'll sell you the direct hit. Right, right. And then the person said yes. And then it became a, bind, a non-binding deal yes, or whatever. Yes. So if, if they had taken the first deal, it would have been bound that they could not play either direct hit. Right. I won't play a direct hit. Yeah. An yeah. instance of that card cannot be played. Yeah. Interesting. Well, uh, it's it's a it's kind of a weird one to start with because yeah. it is a story where this muat this unnamed muat player really just goofed up right. pretty big just like really just, just like because <laughs> shouldn't have even been making deals at all right I'm, like it, it as far as the story is concerned it sounds like Hakan had no path yeah now that might not have been completely obvious to the muat to be right. generous well them. and and you know what's funny is snorcerer in here had a little parenthetical that said that the conversation over the deal was actually actually lasted quite a bit longer mm-hmm. and he initially was asking for more trade goods so it's one of those sort of like you ask for two much and then when you come back, back to what you want now it seems fine now it seems reasonable yeah so there's a little bit of that at play that maybe he, he maybe that's what he got away with yeah that's uh, fun i think at this point uh in this imperium lives uh i think there are a lot of themes that we've seen kind of repeated yeah. there's a lot of types of stories we've seen many many times the type of story that i feel like never gets old though <laughs> is i meted i over the table yeah. did something right. that won me the game right. or or that that made this possible yeah basically. and usually also like meta betrayal like yeah. very intense meta yeah. betrayal yeah. is very very and good. it's because it's not um anytime the story is essentially a, a what are they called? Rube Goldberg yeah. machine right. of just like the game pooped out this output right, right. because it's got <laughs> so much weird variance to yeah. it. That's a little that those are fun, especially if the output is crazy, yeah. like literally right. insane. Um, and that happens. We've yeah. all played a game of Twilight Imperium where it was like, why did the game Go make nuts. this possible? <laughs> right. And it just does, you know, because it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful game. Mm-hmm. Have we talked about how it's a pretty good game? We haven't, we haven't done our official review yet. I think that's we, episode two hundred. Episode two hundred <laughs> will be a review of Twilight Imperium first edition. What do we think? We'll oh, do first okay, edition. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, we'll do an our episode two hundred, three hundred, four hundred, and five hundred. Is already figured out the right there. Editions. Yeah, there and then go. hopefully by episode six hundred, we'll be on the fifth edition right, right. of Twilight Imperium. 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 Yes. That's what this Imperium was. Yes, yes. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, we got an, we got another one. Should we go into it? Um, yes, let's do it. I think we should. I think this we should do more of the show. Yes. We should do more of the show that we set up. Let's, let's do T.G. Welch's story. Last night's final round was one of the best I've seen and certainly not surprising with the group that we had. We had Magi Ugh. playing as Sardak, Mantis Whoa. playing as Nalu, Jaynor playing as Asarl, Zendog Ugh. playing as Jolnar, and Nine of Spades mm. playing as Sol. Um, I myself was playing as Hakan. This is T.G. Welch. Mm-hmm. Going into round five, I was sitting at the back of the pack on five points. Sardak to my left had sold me the speaker token in the prior round in return for many trade goods so he could comfortably score any spend-related stage two that might come up. I agreed, knowing an Imperial swing round was my only shot to win. Fast forward to the agenda phase. Sardak elected to put Seed of an Empire on the top of the deck, with Isarl at seven points as the leader and Sol at four. The option was clearly going against because the stage two was spend six tokens, which the goblins had a lock on. 
All the riders came out, including my tech rider to get fleet logistics, and then a Sarl hit us with his Imperial rider on the against, guaranteeing him a point unless someone saboed. We knew one had been burnt earlier in the game. Isarl showed us that he had two left in his hand, and I had just drawn the last one in the status phase, but chose not to play it by staying quiet. Isarl moves up to eight points, and we head into the strategy phase. I was first to pick, so immediately I snagged the Imperial card. Sardak played Public Disgrace, which I figured he was setting me up for by giving me the speaker token to begin with, so I immediately played my sabotage to keep the eight. The table was a bit irritated... <laughs> that I didn't use it on the Imperial Rider, but convinced them it was my only path to blocking Sardak from winning in the action phase. So I would need the rest of the table to do what they could about Isarl. Sardak takes leadership. Nalu takes tech, Isarl Diplo, Jolnar politics, and soul warfare. The only card Isarl was afraid of was unexpected action. His first turn was to Diplo his home, and he forgot to use Magion Implant on me with his fleet logistics, knowing that I had the unexpected action. My turn came, and then the shenanigans ensued. I parked unexpected action in Jolnar's hand, and also took a mix of other cards from other players and exchanged some with Soul. Root was streaming the game and had GM right, so he could see everybody's hand, and he still could not even figure out where I put the unexpected action. After tons of ploys against the goblins, Soul activated the system outside of his home and plays flank speed. He gets saboed, then plays in the silence of space. No sabo as he's banking it for the unexpected action. In comes a carrier with four infantry and two fighters. I got the unexpected action back from Jolnar and used it on Isarl's home, baiting out the final sabotage, which he used. Eventually, Nalu forces a combat with Sol in the system outside Isarl's home. Sol plays skilled retreat, no more sabotages. He skilled retreats into Isarl's shipless homeworld and then warfares the Diplo token to take his home planet. Once that was accomplished, I took Mechatol Rex and scored Imperial plus six tokens to go from five to eight. Status phase, no one could hit 10 before I scored. I scored two tech and two colors and formed a spy network as my secret objective to go to 10. Victory as a result of a pure gamble by saying that Sabo, by saving that Sabo for public disgrace and relying on a table of pros to come up with a plan to throw the goblins off the throne. Special thanks to Nine of Spades for putting in the work to make it happen. Ooh, oh. ooh, what a sassy well, end. You know I what feel it like is. I got recruited to be a <laughs> sass be a burn. master. <laughs> against- sass master. <laughs> <laughs> The, the the whole thing there is, I mean, that that the reverse of that is like the story of Nine of Spades semis win as sure. Muat, right? Oh, yeah, is, yeah. Is like, stop everybody, and then Muat comes out on top. This right. is like the opposite of like of TG like, being well, like, all right, Nine of Spades, you can do it. I have no can I. <laughs> I, have, I have no specific way to stop everyone, <laughs> but let's see if they all make it yeah. happen for me. Yeah, and that, that's, that's the most fun part about seeing these games with like all the really, really good players mm-hmm. or playing in them is, is that's the crazy stuff that really starts to go on is like, 
they start to read between the lines and they know what each other are looking for and mm-hmm. what to do and mm-hmm. it, it becomes a whole different board game at yeah that point. i mean what a combination of like that was essentially we have gotten uh, so many submissions that are like just one piece of that story right. you know the fact that that is a story that has a skilled retreat shenanigan into a diplod <laughs> home system that then warfare i mean right it's so funny because in the after the first segment we were like well you know the Rube Goldberg machine stuff yeah. is because this is kind of that. It's just everyone at this table had the wisdom yeah. to see all of those yeah. possibilities. Basically, I love the the saved sabotage thing. Yeah, I think we've all been in that game where you're holding onto the sabotage and everyone's like, "We have to sab, guys. We have to sabo this." And you're the one person with it. And you're like, mm-hmm. "Do we though?" Right, I right. Don't know. Well, and also it's an interesting story because a lot of times in that situation you are. Like, like I would have been so if I had if I had been in that game with T.G. Welch and been like, so you could have stopped this one player from winning the game, and then you just didn't. Yeah. Out of a hail mary pass for yourself, <laughs> and even in the story, he yeah. admits he, didn't he did really not make it shot. happen. Yeah. Like he did not make his own victory happen, but he just knew. Like, listen, if I kind of like ride, if I kind of stay in the herd uh-huh. here, that this pack is gonna get me all the way there. Um, <laughs> And that's really crazy. Uh, yeah. Well, that's that is sort of that added benefit of playing with all really good players is it's not a known variable if the person with the locked in win actually has it locked in. Mm-hmm. Like when everyone's really good, you might all be able to make something happen. So then it it's that weird dance of who's going to help and who isn't helping. In this game, I probably wouldn't have thought it in the game, mm-hmm. but it's certainly one of the situations where if you're really paying attention, you probably could have seen that T.G. Welch was making a play. Like oh, for the sure. The person who isn't helping yeah, I wonder has if, something up their sleeve. That well, yeah, almost I, always they have something up their sleeve if they're not helping I stop I wonder the if they were having any king-making conversations. Because right. if, I, if I had been in this game, I would have been like, all right, so we're really going to all cooperate as a table to make... You know, T.G. Welch, right. the victor. But I mean, I guess he did have. He came from form, behind. Form he, a spy network, which is, I mean, so often at the end of the game, anyone could have form a spy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. so often by the end of the game, like, everybody's got a lot of action cards. Right. Uh, now, you do kind of start to see, especially in a situation like they're describing, um, if somebody's like not willing to go below five, that's right. a good indicator. Because, right. like, if people are spending a lot of cards, I don't know. What I love about this story is that one of the most recurring uh, Twilight Imperium, the, or this Imperium Life segments that we've received is the Isarl mm. is in the mm-hmm. late game, and they've got all these action cards, and they play them all, and it's crazy, and then they, and then they win the game. And it sounds like I may be throwing shade at those people. It's just that I think we probably had at least two stories featured early yeah. on that were kind of of that variety. And then we just kind of learned like, oh yeah, that's something that happens frequently. In that's games. how a sorrow wins. Yeah. That's, that's how a when a sorrow wins. wins yeah. It's that way. And it's fun. Like right, I, right. I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to take anything away from it, but what I really like of this story, it is the opposite. Yeah, exactly. It is literally a sorrow didn't quite manage the action cards well enough. Yeah. And then the entire table just threw right. all their we cards down <laughs> in the right order to make an improbable um, loss yeah. for, Fory Sorrel. Yeah. Ooh, I had a weird bubble in my throat. <laughs> <laughs> had a weird bubble. Bubble. Uh, this is fun being in the same room again, by the it way. It is fun. Um, let's, uh, we got another one. Let's, let's uh, do another let's, one. Let's check out another one. Let's kick it over to Oki Professor's story. The young Jolnarin research assistant made her way into the Grand Hall of the Galactic Council. Given the situation that she... No. 
her entire race was in, one might have assumed that she would have prolonged her trip as long as possible. After all, this was very likely the last time a Jolnarin would ever attend the Galactic Council. With a dominating force on Mechatorex and a clear path to obtaining the blessings of the Withnarin custodians, there was a time when the universities were the most feared force in the galaxy. But fear can be a powerful uniting force. Within the last year, utter catastrophe had rained down on the Jolnar. The barony of Letnev, aided with the force of two war suns, had annihilated both their home system planets and their presence on Mechatorex, while the Federation of Sol had hunted down what had remained of their fleet. Not a single military unit remained. All that stood between the once great universities and elimination was a single defenseless planet, a planet that the research assistant happened to call home, Lazar. So it would have come as no surprise had this young representative delayed her taking her position within the hall of the Galactic Council. Yet she was a true Jolnarin scientist. Even if the universities had burned before, she was able to complete her education, and she would not allow such things as emotions to prevent her from seeing the proceedings through as rationally and efficiently as possible. And, true, she had been sent with the intention of a last attempt at victory. A pointless attempt, really. She had run the simulations, and the percentage of any outcome other than total annihilation was microscopically small. Hope was irrational, and yet there was no reason not to at least try, especially considering that she served as the speaker, the final cruel irony in this tragedy of her people. This meeting of the Galactic Council will now come to order, she declared. The first agenda for our consideration is representative government. The other empires quickly decided that, with the barony's new expansive frontier, passing the law made the most sense. But then, one of the large robotic apes, apparently some abomination thought up by some yin brother crazier than usual, happened to notice the young research assistant shuffling through her documents. The voices say that there is only one thing that you could possibly be searching for, little fish. It is useless. No one here will be complicit in your imperial rider. Best you not even submit it for consideration. Shame flooded through the research assistant. The monstrous ape had seen right through her, and what was worse, he was right. There was no reason to submit the rider now. The microscopic chance of success would sink to zero if she did. So... She simply abstained from the proceedings, beginning to pack away her things. She barely even noticed when a Winaran page brought her the next and final agenda. And it was even longer before she realized what it was she held in her hands. Turning to the unholy abomination of an ape, she replied, Thank you for your counsel, friend. Had I not heeded it, I very well may have submitted the rider you so rightfully guessed was in my possession. For that kindness, I will see to it that your people are treated well in our new empire. Facing the council, imperial rider in hand, the research assistant read aloud the agenda's title, Seed of an Empire. To pass the law would be to secure the Jolnar, the final missing piece in their quest for domination, which is why the young Jolnarin attached her rider to the against vote. Perhaps hope was not entirely irrational after all.
It always works. All you have to do is that. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is like be an English professor yeah. and uh, submit well, a I want, story. I, I want to say something. Actually, um, well, actually, they're called the Hylar. Uh, well, actually, yeah. Well, they well, are. You're they are right. called the Hylar. You're dead right. You're dead right. <laughs> when he's right, he's right, folks. I'm right. I'm right. <laughs> hey, I just got a lore thing right. He's an right. English professor, not a Jolnar professor. <laughs> right, all right? right. So back off. A professor off. of the Jolnar. Oh, Jolnar. Yeah. Of Joel. Of the Hylar. Of Joel and Nar. He's not a Hylarian professor. Yeah. Yes. Um... But very good story. Uh, this is this is an interesting one because uh, we've definitely gotten like crazy imperial writer stories before. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's like there's two ways of getting them into the show. <laughs> there's like you had a crazy thing happen, and then there's I'm just gonna write you some good prose. Yeah, because you know we like that. Good That's prose. all it takes. We That's like really that good prose. for me. You're gar- I'm guaranteeing one of those kinds of stories gets into every single this no, imperial sure. life for sure. So if you've got the best one of the of the bunch. Of the bunch. Yeah. Bam. Doesn't yeah. matter if it's even much of a play of the oh, week. And the, and the freaking, the, the savages yeah. mention. Oh. Mwah. <laughs> Mwah. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. Uh, I also do just love this story from a, uh, just the chance of it and, and that, that final backstab. The mm-hmm. like, you're, the, the ability to look at someone and say, you brought this you on just yourself. Talked you me talked out me of... out of a thing. You talked mm-hmm. me out of a mistake I could have made. Mm-hmm. And instead, it, you're going to pay for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's the best. That's a juicy win. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is really solid. I wonder, though, uh, t- to get a little bit of just some old-fashioned Space Cats, Peace Turtle theory crafting type stuff in there, how do you feel overall about situations where writers are basically automatic and guaranteed? Oh, they, they're, they're terrible feeling. Yeah. Um, Unless you're getting them, right? <laughs> and Unless then it feels great. great. <laughs> no, I distinctly remember that one time you and I were playing a game and I was yin. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a writer situation. I don't know. It was a writer situation, but it was a single vote writer. It was the first agenda mm-hmm. or, or like only one agenda was out there. There's only one thing to elect or whatever it was. Right. Right. And I had Imperial writer and it's like, you only have one thing to vote for. Yeah. And it's my Imperial writer. No There's way. literally nothing else that can be done about it. And that happened to me uh, inversely. It happened against oh. me in a recent game. It, it is a horrible feeling of just yeah. like, oh, I don't get to even try to avoid this. That's there's no diplomacy that can talk me out I'm of it. I'm trying to think of that situation you could be referring to. I think it's when there's only one secret objective right. available. There's, there's multiple. That, it's, yeah. it's a vote to vote to re-vote on an agenda or something. Sure. There's only, there's one, only agenda one agenda in play. Available. Or yeah. the agenda to get a secret objective to become a public and there's only one secret objective in yeah. play. Um, both that, those, one I, that situation, that, that last one though, I feel like I've seen that one multiple times. Really? Yeah, it, it I don't see it that. I see, more I, I see the agenda thing, the, oh, the, the agenda on an agenda. agenda. Yeah, that, well, that I, one hurts. You know, honestly, when you think about it, they both seem pretty likely because it's mm-hmm. basically just like, it's just a timing thing. Right. Did it come out? Did it come out early? Yeah. yeah. If it came out early, if everybody has neural, statistically, the odds of somebody having Imperial Rider might be pretty high. I mean, right. that's six hands right. of like, what? If it's round three, yeah. six hands with like, what, six cards at least, bare minimum? Right. You know, it's not bad. If not, you know, seven cards that, and they've cycled Maybe through eight. a few. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, if it's a sorrel, yeah, yes. But also, what I mean by eight is how many cards have they seen? Yes, no, you know I, what I mean. I Nobody looks at an imperial rider early game and is like, "Well, I'm going to throw this out." I'm yeah. say this is useless. Right. You right. know what I mean. So it's a hundred percent. You're going to keep it. Yep. Card. Yeah. You're so, waiting for the right moment. You know, it. you could have seen ten cards yeah. by round. And three. the imperial rider against any of the point givers is cool. Seed of Empire obviously being the biggest deal. Yeah, yeah. Because to do an Imperial Rider on like a Shard of the Throne or Crown of Amphidia elect player situation is mm-hmm. like, well, that actually doesn't 
help you very much. No, but and it's a more mutiny, of a block. Yeah. A mutiny or a seat of an empire for or against VP vote is like, bam! Imperial Rider yep. just became the best card in the game mm. by a long shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fun. That's fun. Um, more? More. <laughs> This is from somebody named Schroeder. Who's that? I'm not really sure who that is, but uh, <clears throat> I call this one Magi Learns a Lesson and Schroeder Cries. This was my sixth game of TI4 and my first game as Hakan. It was a five-player game with the Warp Zone with Magi as Sar and a Jolnar in the game. Early on, Magi was able to bully me a bit. Well, it doesn't sound like Magi at all. That's crazy. <laughs> Magi was able to bully me a bit because I had bought the Jolnar research agreement too much. Oh, that doesn't sound like Schroeder at all. He was <laughs> trading too much. That's weird. Because I had bought the Jolnar research agreement too much, I got four tech round one. <laughs> <laughs> How did he even do that? What? That's the story I want to hear. <clears throat> Anyways, I got four tech round one. Two from Tech Primary, two from Jolnar. Jeez, how did... Okay. But he was able to talk me into being okay with him taking more of my planets in exchange for Rog's call. After all, I could just use it to push him back off. However, a good opportunity to use Rog's call never came till the last round. Conquer the Week came out, and Sar was able to use his Mechatol fleet to take the Jolnar home system. He then had a massive fleet and around 15 ground forces on Joel, with maybe one on Nar. The table had lost hope, but I saw a unique opportunity. My entire fleet was on the other side of the map, but I had warfare, lost star charts, and two flank speeds. I was able to bring my entire fleet into the Jolnar home system. All I had to do was win the space combat, and Rog's call would take care of the rest. True, I would have to hope nobody would kick me off, but I was willing to accept that risk, giving my 98% chance to win the space combat. And as they say, though, 2% is 2%. I lost. And even though he won, this game made Magi swear to never give out Rog's call ever again. What a fun, what a fun one. I love, and as they say, 2% is 2%. As they say, say, and why do they say it so often? You know that old chestnut, 2% is 2%, you know? 2% milk is 2%. (laughs) I was just about to say that. You know, it's like an old milk phrase, you know? (laughs) Got milk, 2% is 2%. (laughs) When you're whole, you're whole. That was... That was the next slogan after Got Milk. Is, and it 2%. was way less popular. It was like people just with weird milky mustaches saying, 2% is 2%, yeah. you know? You from, know what it from is. From the carrot man himself. Yeah, 2% is 2%. God, what a, what, a, uh, what a fun one. I think obviously enhanced by if you have a lot of knowledge of uh, Schroeder How, and of Magi. All, of both these players and them right, right. playing right into their own stereotypes. Yeah, God. The two, you could not pick a story with two players that have more easily identified like <laughs> traits like, you know, like yeah. the fact that Schroeder, just the used car salesman right. of Twilight Imperium. And Ma- Magi, the robot bully. <laughs> yeah, the robo bully. <laughs> the calculator bully. <laughs> he's, a, he's a mean nerd. He's like if a calculator could punch you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, uh, really fun. A lot of good flavor. 
got a lot of good flavor to yeah. that one. Yeah. It's a tasty. That's kind of a that one kind of medium. Well, my, it's it's my it's my other favorite kind of uh, this Imperium Life submission, which is this could have been a great play <laughs> if, it, yeah. if it had done. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it has all of the things of a great play, and then the rug was pulled. It's right almost out an anti-submission. Yeah, it's like this could have been really cool. I actually kind of wish we got more with this flavor right. of like I saw my path to this awesome victory, and then well, it didn't nope. work. It just didn't happen. It yeah. wasn't great. Um, I mean, we've seen a lot of really unlikely stuff happen yeah. before like percentage wise i think two percent might be the worst i've Pretty ever bad. heard of yeah i don't know that i've ever heard of two percent winning be 98 i don't know like, i know i had i know i had a recent battle that was like just the most ridiculous chances yeah. to win and it didn't work it may have not been 98 but i don't know it it it's i remember you telling me about one that was yeah. le- it was definitely less than 10 percent. yeah and then yeah it the hurts side one yeah, uh rog's call that's an interesting it's an interesting little nugget of one of those things that looks like it's going to be harmless and people talk about it as like, oh, but you could use it in really creative ways. But at the end of the day, there could just be one situation where it is your game crusher. It right. ruins your life. So right. is it worth giving out even for weird super game? It's another one of those ones that you give it the moment they would use it. Yeah. You, you do it right now and they you hope they use it right now. Right. Because otherwise it's going to burn you. Yeah. And longtime listeners of the show know our whole thing is to be really uh, <laughs> like... Oh, this promissory note? I don't know about it. I don't know. That's like our whole, like, that's like our whole angle. That's like our politics, basically. (laughs) Um, But I I don't know. I like, I will say that I think overall we've warmed up to most all of the racial promissory notes. This one, though, still kind of. This one still never has a spot. I had a recent I had a recent game with war funding, baronies. Uh-huh. No, that, oh yeah, that were you cost me yeah, the you, game? You uh, up, well, how did that happen? What I was, messed what up the math, and and they had a really clever timing. I mean, it helped that they had a whole they they traded it to someone I didn't know had it. Oh, but but even still, when you need two trade goods as the Barony Letnev, and somebody has your war funding. Oh yeah, it was that's like a you, bad needed, you needed the trade goods for an for objective. Yeah. yeah. And, oh, and, and, that's and they such a cost me two trade goods. That's such a bummer. So it's like, is it worth giving out if it can just completely cost you the game? Right. I don't, I don't think it's worth giving out. Well, I'll say this: I think war funding you got to give it out in the moment that's that it's exactly. needed. You right? use it when it's that's, when that's they the would mistake that you made. Yeah. Was, was for that sure. One. For but sure. But I mean, even that, I don't know that you can make that a binding deal, right? I don't no, know. That no, you, no, you can't. You can't. So you're giving it to them in the moment, and then you hope they you you're you're giving it to them in a moment where they definitely want to use it, right? And then hope they do, in fact. Right. That's one it. that you don't want flying around really no, at all. No, no. I think, I, I mean, I maybe feel similar about Rog's Call to like a lesser extent. Yeah. I will say though, like Schroeder, uh, if you watch the, uh, this is a fun time to plug uh, the YouTube stuff. If yeah. you want to check out the Gen Con finals that I'm sure a lot of you have seen, but those of you that haven't checked it out, if you want to watch a little Schroeder playing around with Rog's Call, <laughs> that was definitely a thread yeah. of the tournament. I wonder if this story was before or after that. That Maybe. I don't know. Because he played against Magi in the finals right, and was thrown around Rog's Call. I, yeah, I, I, wonder, I wonder if this is a reaction to Schroeder saw Magi goof it up and then was like, no, this is how you use Rog's Call, or right. if it was vice versa. If it was... Right. He was all swindly with Rog's call, and the Magi was like, "I can do it too." It's like, "No, Magi, you're not a used car salesman. Right. You don't get to get away with right, that." Right? Yeah, I will say this. You know, I mean, if you just want to check these two players out, you can check out our Gen Con tournament footage. Yeah, all our six hours tournament. of it. The Patreon finals. You can see these two players play. Uh, they're they're fun. They're kind of like they're kind of like rock paper scissors type players, <laughs> where it's just <laughs> right. like they just. You know, they just, they have their thing and they do it. They do it so well. Oh, that's a great idea to get a three-player game oh. with three of the top personalities that don't 
gel at all, right, even a right, little bit. I don't right. know what the third one would be, but it's definitely a Schroeder Magi. And yeah, Schroeder X. Magi, and who, who, yeah, whoever that third person is, yeah, send in your suggestions. Maybe basically. seven, seven just for the chaos for of the it. Chaos like, of who it. Knows just, what's he's going to completely oh. seven or Janor would be the third. Right. One of those two yeah, is, yeah. is the third b- bubble. I agree with that completely. <laughs> oh, that's got to be that's got to be something. Um, yeah, let's. Uh, do you want more? Do you want more show? You hungry? We had a five-player game with Mentax, Sardak, Nalu, Necro, and me as Arborek. It was the first agenda of the second agenda phase. Necro was the speaker, and the voting order was Mentak, Nalu, Arborek, and Sardak. The revealed agenda was Minister of Sciences. The Mentak player gave two trade goods and one trade agreement to the Sardak player to vote for him. He wanted to achieve a tech objective within the next round. The Sardak player accepted. Only all votes of the Mentak player and the Sardak player would be enough to win against the possible coalition of Nalu and Arborek. Therefore, the Mentak player voted all votes for himself. Next up was the Nalu player. So I got into a conversation with the Nalu and convinced him to give the Sardak player enough votes so that he must make the choice whether to pick the Minister of Sciences for himself he also had not achieved the tech objective, or to stay true to his word to the Mentak player. We only gave him enough votes that he would have enough to spend all of his votes, and the Nalu player and me would be the only players to vote on the second agenda. So, Nalu voted for some votes for Sardak, and I did the same. Now, it was the Sardak player's turn to vote. He thought long about the decision, but in the end, he decided to vote with all of his votes for himself to take the Minister of Science. The Mentak player was very very upset. The second agenda was not very important and was decided by only the Nalu player and myself. In the next action phase, the Nalu player's first action was to play repeal law against the Minister of Sciences to remove them from the Sardak player before he could even use Minister of Sciences to score his tech objective. So dirty. Dirt this is the dirty this, is this the dirty episode. Yeah, this is the this is the stabby stab episode. Jesus. Yeah. I love this uh because of all the layers. Just so yeah. many layers. I love the idea of someone playing Twilight Imperium being like, "All right, if I can ruin this relationship between these two players like <laughs> if I can take these two friends and make them sworn make enemies, them enemies, that'd be great. That would be good for me because they won't be cooperating anymore. <laughs> like, there's somebody out there that plays Twilight Imperium right. like that. Yeah, think about the number of relationships that were ruined here. Yeah. Mentak and Sardak. Yes. Because Sardak betrayed Mentak. Right. Nalu and Sardak. Yeah. Because Nalu, Nalu betray- voted for Sardak and then betrayed Sardak by stealing the thing. The, the only person that came out of this without a meta problem is the Arborek, the right. player the player who submitted this story. Right. Is it's the only the, one who is like, no one's mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> and they orchestrated so the whole thing. just planting seeds in people's minds. <laughs> I wonder if he knew about the Nalu player having repealed law. I don't know. That, would make that it feels so too good. I know. Right. That's like, insane. If that... If they knew that, then they're literally like playing three Machiavelli, chess. like literally like, Machiavelli yeah. read. They're literally, <laughs> you know, in like Star Trek when they're playing that chess game, you know, that <laughs> dumb chess game. It's a real chess game actually, but it's just chess where you can go up and down. Oh boy, yeah, it's dumb, um, <laughs> but it looks cool in the show. Also, did you know what, what's your favorite episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation? Do we have to do this right now? Oh come on, why can't we? It's this Imperium life, you know. It's like a fun. But do you know a story what my answer episode. is? What? Don't you know what my answer is? No, what is it? I, Matt Martins, have never watched an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. I'm oh. sorry. Ugh. 
Now, now, how many subscribers did we just lose, Hunter? Because you did that. Because you made me say that. We have 500 less people that listen to this show. Well, I just want to go ahead and say, um, just get to remind back. myself, uh, when we get to the rundown, I just want to say that this week I would appreciate a five-star <laughs> rating, rating us as the <laughs> best Star Trek, the next generation Star Trek podcast you of need, all time. You need to bring our, our listeners back and please tell me what is the best next generation episode. Oh, there's so many. It depends you didn't on, even have an answer. I do, you asked I, the question. I, I the, do have okay, one. Okay. Uh, I... Uh, I forget what it's called, but it's the one where this is the one where Patrick Stewart gets a uh, he 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 goes to like another planet uh, inside this thing, and he lives like a whole life there, and it has like a telescope is involved. Um, I really like Star Trek, but I don't I I don't remember a lot of specifics. I, I there's loved, also there's a there really, was a moment in you telling this story that was just the story was Patrick Stewart goes to another planet, and I'm like <laughs> that's what Star Trek: The Next Generation well, is. Well, no, Patrick Stewart doesn't go to many other planets. Patrick Stewart stays behind on the ship. Okay. See, that's how you just prove that you're uh, not see, much of a Star I Trek fan. I don't know it. I don't. Patrick know Stewart things. almost never leaves the ship. You know, it's the you know Riker and the away team go. There's an episode where Riker is like going crazy and he's in a play. That's one that one is really good. It's like he's acting in a play, <laughs> but also he thinks he might be in like a mental institution. Um, which is not a plot that has particularly aged well. I wish but I've been watching a lot of the West Wing, uh, courtesy of Billy, and I wish that those kind of plots happened in the West Wing. I, wish- I would love a modern day politics <laughs> where also sometimes people go to other dimensions. <laughs> What I want to do is record this episode while we are walking briskly <laughs> from office to office, yelling at each other. That's what I want to do, is I want to sork in this show at some point. And I'm just like, Matt, edit the episode now. Get out of here. We need that edited by last Tuesday. Um, do we have more? We should say more probably about this story, but we got off on some <laughs> we tangents got really there. out of, in the weeds. Uh huh. We did. We did. We're bad. We're bad. We're so sorry. Uh, um, very good story though. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Space. That mean, was, oh, that was from your space lawyer. Your I space didn't lawyer. Say that. Your oh, space lawyer. Thank very, you very so good. much for that segue and for that story. Yeah. And just how oh god, just how mean it was. <laughs> it was. Just, I love mean players. Yeah. As a mean player. I love to be. I love to feel it. I As, love to feel. I'm that. not a mean player, but I get angry. Yeah, that's my thing. I right. think people mis- misunderstand the difference. Is I play I'm, when I play with people that are all nice. I feel like a total jerk because I'm a mean player. Right. But like, there's. I still find there's validity to the mean plays, and they're clearly fun. Well, let's be real. Twilight Imperium makes mean players of us all. It's just some <laughs> people do it like a politician, right. and some people stab, right. like some people stab you from the back. Exactly. Some people stab you from the front. Right. You're some a front pretend, stabber. Yeah, I'm a you front you like you like to see him and look him in the eyes, you know, and be like, I'm stabbing you right now, and you know why I'm doing my name. that? It's because. <laughs> It's because I want to win, okay? I'm going to ruin right. your life right now because I want to win. Right. I want you to look me in the eyes while you do it. I pretend I'm your friend. Right, right. You I'm don't doing even this for you. I'm doing that you slipped, a favor. I've slipped some poison into your drink. You're like, hey, do you want a Dr. Pepper? Here's your Dr. Pepper, buddy. I love you. <laughs> this submission is from Mantis, and it's called The Trojan Horse. Actually, one more time. Um, this one is from Mantis. And it's called the Trojan Horsey. The Necro player is sitting at six points with two secret objectives in hand. They also have exactly 10 trade goods with the 10 trade goods secret objective in play. There's a player at seven points who is in the lead. Necro activates one of that player's systems and plays a flank speed. This is an obvious attempt at spark a rebellion. So we argue about who is going to sabotage the flank speed. At least one player is implied to have one, but nobody plays it. I reveal all my action cards to show the table. I can't help 
in case someone is holding out, waiting for someone else to play theirs instead. Still, no sabotage. Necro easily scores Spark a Rebellion, going to seven points. At this point, they also have five action cards in their hand, which is the fear for their second secret, since anything else would be easy for the table to block. That leaves Spy as the only solid chance to stop them. Since nobody is indicating that they have Spy, I have to assume it was still in the deck. So I, playing as Mintak, have to come up with a different plan. Since we actually did argue over the sabotage, I decide to put on my best acting voice possible, (laughs) my theater voice, and pretend to get really salty about someone holding on to their sabotage and how it was basically just giving Necro the game. And if that's how we were going to play, I might as well just give Necro my support for the throne to guarantee we end the game this round to punish the player holding their sabotage. I asked if he really wanted it. After claiming he didn't really need it anyways, confirming the five action card secret for me, he somewhat reluctantly accepted it, probably out of fear for the spy card that nobody ended up having. Since I didn't clue in anyone else on my plan, I waited for the table to get mad at me, and then the second he accepted the support for the throne transaction, I pillaged his trade goods, taking them down to nine, And since they didn't have another stage one to score, I blocked the win for that round at least. We also got the IFF out to connect me to the other player at seven to ensure they couldn't get 10 trade goods easily either. What a cold, that is nasty. What a, what a crazy. I love that. That's that's up there. That's like top five yes. plays of the week. Yes, ever. for sure. Uh, because for it sure. because it completely exists outside of the game. Yes, it's it's it's, it's multiple things here. It's predicting a secret objective. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's pulling out the kind of information you need mm-hmm. to figure out that you have the correct assumption about what their secret objective mm-hmm. is. He's he he makes this whole play of I'm gonna make them say I definitely have my secret objective on lockdown. Like yeah. without saying it, saying right. that right. and that's the only thing they could have and that's what you need to know it. Some poker face. It's stuff. some poker like, face it's stuff. So crazy. And then the final the final nail in the coffin of of completely Hollywooding for Mm-hmm. For for the entire table, no right. one at, at any point someone could have seen this mm-hmm. if he had done it any other way. But to make it a big, ugly thing, if a big messy, yeah, right, just right. angry, vile thing, people stop to think that you're playing with any sense. Yeah. And so that's what Man- Mantis is like—one of the most sensible players I've ever seen. Very solid. All he does is just know what the play needs to be coming tight. up. He's right. a tight. Player. He's tight. And so for him to be like flying off the handle, <laughs> it's completely probably just completely shocking. I've never seen ever, him do that. Right. I've never heard him so, ever talk like. That. If anything, that should be the clue to all the <laughs> other places. Like Mantis flying off the handle. Mm, right. Right. I call. Well, I mean, foul. that's again, that's another meta aspect. Right. If you played with Mantis, I mean, who knows how often these players sure. play with Mantis? Sure. Uh, so I mean. It's just so wild to me because, like, pillaging someone at a critical moment, that's the kind of thing that, like, I don't know. I mean, like, if if he hadn't 
what's so amazing about the play is that without this Hollywooding, it wouldn't have worked. No. He would not have been able to just be like, hey, I, for no particular reason, mm -hmm. want to give you a support for the throne. Right. It's and an it absolute misplay. It would have been like, part. whoa, what? Wait, what? Let's look into this. Yeah. Let's, what, in, let's why investigate. Why is he trying to give me a support for the throne? Right. Oh, obviously, pillage. Okay. Right. He's trying to pillage me. Right. Whatever. But to make it a whole theatrical mm -hmm. moment, a whole production, a whole 10 minute thing, you know, you I don't know how long it's off. Right. You get people exactly. thinking weird. They're, they're confused because you're being, you're being emotional. So now they're getting yes. a little emotional right. and reaction to it oh my god i love Mwah. it Mwah. <laughs> so many Mwah. chef's kisses this, yeah uh, a lot this of chef's episode. kisses i think it's because we're in the same we're in, in the, the same, same room, room. i want to like, kiss yeah. we just want to kiss <laughs> so bad. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> this is this is weird this got, this just we got miss different. each other we i don't know if you guys other. can tell that we just miss being in the same room uh recording this show at some i love fun. that at the end of this there's like a whole other like sentence that's like an entirely different story that he <laughs> yeah, didn't tell yeah, he did. oh yeah and by the He's way like, i put the kree siff out there to connect me to other players so that they also couldn't do the 10 trigas where's that story right. you forgot to <laughs> like, right oh right gosh. yeah no but what what a what a great solid uh nugget one of uh yeah definitely one of the best plays of the like plays we've ever been yeah, sent basically for sure. period imperium live for play of the week or whatever yeah. just so solid so i mean i I'll, I'll i'll throw this gauntlet out there is like if you got if anybody got more stuff like that yeah. oh my god yeah. please well that's where we're getting with this game right it's been out mm -hmm. two years over two years now oh people, my god is it really that old people understand so much more about the game at this point that the meta plays get to be that much more involved right that's that's exactly what we were talking about at the beginning is like we're, we're kind of past the point of I rolled a hundred dice and I got six nines right, and then right. the you know, strictly the, mechanical the strictly stuff. mechanical stuff isn't what really like gets us jazz anymore. It's these crazy like how did you know or think to think that mm -hmm. way or it's see lateral it that thinking. Way. Exactly. It's being like I'm playing the game. How am I going? Like I did, and that's the thing that I admire the most about any player is because we've all been at that point where you're like, you're in the last round, you know, it's probably the last round regardless mm -hmm. of what, what goes down. And then it's just like, Oh, how do I find my path? And there's a lot of times where it just feels like, Oh, it's just hopeless. There's no way to do it. Right. And Mantis is here actually figuring out the right. puzzle, never like give solving up. it in a week. Yeah. yeah. You shouldn't, you really should never give up. I think there's like, if that's, that's one of the main takeaways I think from just deepening your understanding of Twilight Imperium right. is like a lot of times it feels like you're down and out. There's always something right. you could There's do. There's so many situations that can... I think that was the biggest thing we learned from the Patreon tournament and being in a game master position where we finally get to yep. see all the pieces mm -hmm. at work mm -hmm. at once is when you only ever play the game from your own perspective, you only ever see, well, it looks like I'm out. Yeah. And then you just, you accept that. But when you watch all six players at once, you go, oh, he he's not out at all. Look at all the different weird openings that could come up. Look at all the crazy mm -hmm. things that mm -hmm. could happen. And who knows what order they'll happen in. Dude, even from a perspective of us watching the game and having secret information, mm -hmm. we would call it wrong. Yeah. All the time. Oh, we were dead wrong about the Gen Con finals. We well, didn't have the yeah. secret information, but like even in the Gen Con finals, we yeah, were we dead did, wrong we about didn't our see, assumptions. We didn't see the path. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, and I think, I think there is a certain aspect of it that like, if you are on the outside of a game, it's like you, you know, it's hard to necessarily pick up on it because everybody's got secrets. Yeah. Basically, right. everybody, the whole table's got secrets and you don't even know your own stuff. You right. know what I mean? And when you're playing a game, one of one out of six is information that, you know, because it's your information. Mm -hmm. You know what this is exactly like? This is the reason we love this game. And this is the reason we love the other game that we love. 
Oh, Dune. We're gonna, no. Oh. Well, yeah, we do love Dune, and, and Dune shares that. But the game, the other game that you and I have obsessed over is One Night Ultimate Werewolf. Oh, right. And One Night Ultimate <laughs> Werewolf is is a micro version of that same It's all about Hollywood. Who knows That's all where you you're going to end up? You yeah. don't know what you've got. Right. So you just play with whatever you can and mm-hmm. see if you win on the other side. Mm-hmm. See see where you end up and see if it can work out. You, you just play whatever play you can yep. make. Yeah. Bluffing. And, right. So much fun. And the fact that Twilight Imperium is a strategy game with a deep, you know, deeply mechanical, mm-hmm. but also has room for bluffing. That's so amazing. That's amazing. That's, yeah. yeah. What a great game. So if you love Star Trek The Next Generation, please rate <laughs> us on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. Give us a five-star rating and let us know it's your favorite That's TNG. Your favorite episode. I'm sorry I don't remember any of the names of any of the episodes. There's the one where Patrick Stewart's on that planet and then he learns like a language. Like he has to like make up a language with this guy. Or he, he learns the guy's language and it's called like Darmok or something like that. And he says... <laughs> He says stuff like that. Um, that's one where that's another one where Patrick just go ahead and give us a five star rating and tell us what the names of those episodes are called. Yeah, just if you put, can tell just us make the, that the comment. The one. Just, and, and don't explain it at all. Just say the episode is called and tell it that, and then give us a right, five star rating. Right. That would especially be great. that Riker one because that's not a very good one, really. Well, it is good, but the one where Riker's like in a, thinks he's in a mental institution, but he's also like doing a play, and it's really hammy. It's so hammy, like it's dude. The, what's so great about that show is that Patrick Stewart is probably one of the greatest actors alive. <laughs> He's in this while goofy we, show. And, no, and that's the thing, is that it's not even just that the show is goofy, because he doesn't make the show no. goofy. When it's his turn to talk, it's not a goofy show. <laughs> but he is surrounded by a cast of some of the hammiest actors <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. Like Brent Spiner <laughs> playing, is literally playing a robot and Michael Dorn, mm-hmm. like just there's all so hammy and goofy. And honestly, not to insult them, but they're beneath him. You know what I mean? Like he is like a he's god Stewart. of acting. He's like, knighted. And he's having he's a knight. To, he's having to act with these bozos <laughs> and they're all wearing space pajamas. So Brent Spiner, feel free to tweet at us at Space Cats Pod. No, no, dude, I if that's the main problem with Star Trek these days is they need to get the bozos back Mm -hmm. and they need to make the show a little more, I don't know, just quit trying to be so cool. It's not supposed to be a cool show. show. It's supposed to be a show about ideas and teaching you like how to be a good person. It's it's about ethics (laughs) and they're supposed to be a boring bald man that (laughs) drinks Earl Grey tea (laughs) at the center of it. And it's mostly, you know what? Here's the thing too. Patrick Stewart, great actor. You could give him any emotion and he's going to just nail it and they give him like no emotions to make. <laughs> like they essentially give him nothing to do it's like yeah um patrick for this scene uh could you be really really stoic and like maybe there's something bothering you but don't talk about but it but that's scene. what i was in the last scene <laughs> yeah yes literally do that again please that? <laughs> Well, all right, like, if you ask for it, then I will. And then it's like all the other actors is like, oh, in this scene, you're like, you're crying and you're sad. And they're like, okay, cool. It's my my big moment. <laughs> it's so good. And I know it sounds like I'm talking, I'm down talking it. I am not. I wouldn't have it any other way. I would not have it any other way. All right. You can find us on space, Facebook too and subreddit. And, and, and I'm... Uh, 
that was enough rundown for yeah, me. Yeah, that We're was good. fine. Uh, there's also, you know, there's the tweeter. Um, please check out our Patreon yeah. and all of the all all of the you know the things that you can check out there. It's great, and uh, we love you guys. And thanks for making this show what it is. Yeah, and like and thanks you know. for these kind of episodes. This Imperium Life's are great. Oh, hey, a uh, little plug for next week. It's going to be Galactic Council. So yeah. uh, the poll's coming out soon. So get in there. Make sure you check the Patreon so you can get your vote out for next week's episode. We mm. don't know what it's going to be. It's a mystery. Ooh. Oh man, I'm I'm kind of bummed that next week I won't be here. I will be back to we can back toward it. Ooh, yeah. I wonder if can we, we could record it over the weekend. Mm, we're going to a wedding, so I think that would probably be <laughs> inappropriate. <rude. laughs> <laughs> we were like, "Excuse me, sorry, Claire." <laughs> if we just like set up the set up the microphones and everything in the middle of the wedding, you could just hear like people dancing in the background and having a great time. And we're like, "Um, could you guys shush? We're talking about commodities <laughs> and trade goods today. We're talking about the various value of all the plastic components." Of Twilight Imperium by Fantasy Flight. You Games. say that, and there's a very real chance that next week's episode is two it's resources equals li- three influence. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be the drollest episode right, we've ever right. had. It's gonna be, and it'll be a live episode, live from Claire's wedding. <laughs> it's Space Cats, Peace Turtles. Can you leave? <laughs> <laughs> you could just softly hear people saying "I do" in the background. All right, we got. Sorry. Sorry, we need a dance break real quick. We're going to go dance real quick. We'll be back. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Space Cats Peace Turtles, and thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Pax Magnifica, Bellum Gloriosum. Hold audience while Matt looks up the thing. It's Hunter's blooper song. It's Hunter's blooper song. You should, oh man, you got to check out our new uh, Patreon only episodes called Between the Record, where you just hear me and Matt saying the stupid stuff we say when we know it's not going to be in the episode. Oh, check it out. I shouldn't have even. You shouldn't have brought it up. Well, now you got to rewind, brother. Oh, this would be so good as a teaser at the end of the, like after the episode. <laughs> then after we Pax Magnifica. We, we, it's like a, one of those like 15 minutes of silence and then one more story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, we got to do that in one. We have to have like a, fi- a the, bedtime. The, a what's toilet? that called? A secret track. A secret, secret track, track on yeah. the album. A secret track. That's an old uh, Homestar Runner joke, too. Mm-hmm. There's a Homestar Runner song on the Strong Bad CD, and then Homestar Runner is like, Secret song. <laughs> You're the secretest song on the album. Secret song. All right.